When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 108 of the Better Red Supporters Trust podcast. Ronald Flanagan here this week. Delighted to be joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how's things? Ash, no, Ron. How would you be? <laughs> David McGee, what's the crack? Yeah, not too bad, Ronan, all things considered. Thank you. And Gerald Connor, what's up? Yeah, all good, Ronan, thanks. So, so this week we will look back on Saturday's 1-0 defeat to Shells. We will hear your shouts from the shed end. We'll also look back on the women's team as they have progressed to the next round of the FAI Cup. And also we will look ahead to the next league game for the men's team at home, away to Cork on Friday night at Turner's Cross. So lads, we'll go back to last Saturday night at home to Shells. Uh, David, I'll start with yourself. Um. Oh, so you, you could say it's 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 same old, same old, really. Yeah, very much rinse and repeat. Um, for that game, I wasn't expecting too much as 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 optimistic as you try and be, or as hopeful as you try and be going into a game. Um, it was very much a case of of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, very very bright start inside the first five minutes. Kind of sitting there thinking to yourself. She's, we're looking all right. We were nice and sharp. We got him high up the pitch, tried to box him in a couple of times. And then Shells just figured out what I suppose they already probably knew after we had a quick go. They decided to to get the ball down and we were far too easy to play through in midfield. Um, did a lot of joy, I felt, down the left-hand side as well. Yeah, I don't think that was a case of not having Johan um, and having Frank in as well. And get him getting booked early on didn't... Uh, didn't help matters because it meant that they had the freedom to try and run at him and he was more reserved in, in having that aggression to be able to go go to ground or, or make a tackle or or make a second mistake then and and get pick up a second book and early on and that's the last thing he wanted to do. But Shells were were the better side, um I felt. Um they just offered more in midfield, they had a little bit more bite uh, about them. Coyle putting himself about, obviously got its goal. Um but a poor error from Connor. But look, we're not going to hang him on that one. He he kept us in the game in the first half, and then went on and redeemed himself by saving a penalty. So you know, credit to Connor Walsh there, definitely. But um, yeah, it's it's all you want is to have a go, and it seems to be the team of our season where, apart from the fact that we concede poor goals, which we did again, um, it was a case of just being far too easy to play against, and us not getting enough bodies in the box. But on a on initially what was a wet and slippery night little bit of a bluster here and there is try and work their keeper. We just didn't do it enough and we don't do it enough in every single game. You know, it's not just say needless shots from distance, but try and get some sort of shots away and, and something might bobble off a, a deflection or the keeper might drop it and somebody can follow up and gamble. But it's it's just one of those games, again, where all you can ask for at this stage of the season is go and have a go and try and win the game. Um, and we didn't look to do that until later in the second half. By, by which say shells had us well figured out. Um, yeah, that's that's my takeaways initially from from Saturday night. I suppose one of the real key things that that stood out for me, given where I sit, is just down from the the away dugout. Donald will know because I can nor- normally hear him over my shoulder shouting and roaring, which is always good. But um, regardless, at what point of the game, whether it was a break. In play whether the ball was out the other side of the pitch for a throw in, and it's a different style of managers that from from Damien Duff to John Russell is every single time there was some sort of a break, or there was a chance there was he was clapping the hands, he was demanding attention, he was demanding more, he was demanding sharpness, and maybe I just can't hear it from where I'm sitting, but I don't think it is that it's it's John Russell's just maybe it's that type of style of manager that he is, but Duff was demanding more from him. You can see that from his team's performances anytime I've I've watched Shells or or anytime I've I've seen them down in the showgrounds. And Donald, 
David mentioned the 20 minutes, you know, to start 20 minutes at the end, but it's it's that middle part that's the frustrating part. And, you know, the lack of, lack of anything really throughout the game. Yeah, well, like, I suppose just on, on, on the goal conceded, first of all, I thought probably Conor Walsh was man, was a man of the match, which kind of says a lot. Um, the goal, I wouldn't blame him for the goal. In fairness, like, Mark Coyle had the freedom of the pitch there. He just, like, he, he like, all the time in the world to get himself set. I think he took a couple of touches, got himself set and had a crack. And uh, you know, there was no pressure on the ball. There's no pressure on him. Like, he, do you know what I mean? Like, his the, 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 his midfield let him down uh, big time. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a registering, like, like we're in a dogfight here to avoid, at, at the very best, uh, the second ninth place in the table, like against Cork City, and you know, like you you have to go out, and you have to win your individual battles. Like you have to go out, and you have to, I suppose, win the second balls, go out and and be aggressive and press fellas and and make life difficult. Like Damien Duff, I, I I watched his interview after the match, and Damien Duff and all these fucking assholes from Dublin come down and say, "Oh, this is such a tough place to go." It wasn't fucking tough for Shelburne on on um, on on Saturday night. It's a walk in the park, like you know, like you know, it's 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 so frustrating because we are in a dogfight, and you know, like, and I, I, everyone that listens to this podcast, know I'll always give the team the benefit of the doubt, and I thought like we we're unlucky against Dundalk up in Royal Park, but we weren't unlucky on we weren't unlucky on on Saturday night. We we're actually we were lucky that Connor watched such a good game because it could have been three or four now, and it probably should have been in fairness because that that's 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 how much Shelburne were better than us. They've beaten us three times this season and and uh, we drove them once up in Tarka Park. And they're not that much of a better side than us, I don't think, in terms of the quality of the players. So, you know, it's all right saying oh, yeah, I'm a good player or you're a good side or the whole lot. But you have to do that fucking talking on the pitch and we're not doing it on the pitch at the moment. Uh, it's down to the players to win their individual battles and they didn't do that on, on Saturday night. And it's just... I just it's it's disappointing because as I say I always back them and I always 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 give the benefit of the doubt, but like we're running out of fucking road here, like you know, and uh, like you're looking for a performance, you're looking as a fan, you're looking to for somebody to fucking stand up and show you something to say, you know, we are going to fucking fight for this, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing. I'm certainly not seeing enough of it, you know. Like anyway, it's as as. It's just, it's really frustrating. You're 100% right, David. Your analysis of the game is absolutely spot on. It's just, you know, it's just it's just a disappointing performance given the situation that we're in. We have to do better than that. We have to be better than that. We have the quality there, but it's one thing having quality, but you have to do your talking on the pitch and it's not happening at the moment. And Jerry, I know it's not good for audio purposes, but I saw you, you, you shook your head when, when Donald mentioned that. Connor Walsh wasn't at fault for the goal. Of course, he was at fault for the goal. Of course, he was. It doesn't matter what age he is; it is his fault. I, uh, Jerry, I'm sorry. It was his fault. It was a mistake. There's no two ways about it. It was a mistake. Connor Walsh made a mistake, but there's no way the Mark Coyle should have been allowed to waltz through our midfield and have a shot from fucking thirty yards out unchallenged. That's the point I'm trying to make. It was Connor Walsh's fault. He did make a mistake. I'm not saying he didn't make a mistake. Okay, so as a goalkeeper, you're going to have to save shots throughout the game. Yeah. Um, I think a shot from 30 yards, yeah. It wasn't, uh, it was just a regular shot straight down his down his throat. Um, and that's, you know, saving shots like that is absolutely nothing got to do with ability. You know, standard stuff. Um, that comes down to concentration. And he switched off. And it's a goal. Simple as that. Can't make excuses. Doesn't matter what age you are. You know, it's not about ability. It's about concentration. He switched off. And I don't see... I think we're kind of overplaying him a wee bit, a little bit too. Yeah, he did make some decent saves throughout the game. But saves that you would expect from any goalkeeper. Um, yeah, we should have probably closed him down midfield. But look, um, these things should be expected, you know. Um, first half, I thought Shell's Shaded it slightly, and um, there was chances for either side. And um, second half, I thought, and I think most people 
wouldn't oh, look maybe they probably wouldn't because it's not really the thing to do at the moment but I thought we are, we are the better side in the second half and um, maybe Shells let us be the better side in the second half because you know once they get ahead they're very very difficult to break down but I think we made the right changes in terms of formation and uh, personnel at the right time for me the biggest issue still is we're still not getting enough people into the box I think Pedro was dropping way too deep at times I think there was about there was a situation there where in the in and around the hour mark where uh, Connor Cairns went down injured. Or no, he didn't go down. He had the ball and he kicked it long down into our right-back position. Um, Shells pushed up the pitch and Pedro is the person that's taken the, is taking the ball from the thrower. Like 25 yards from our goal. Uh, Shells have us hemmed in. What's Pedro doing back there? He's actually not helping us at all because all he's doing is bringing more players into that area. He needs to stay up in the last man and do his his, his work up there. I, I, every time I seen him on the ball, he was dropping off way too deep. I couldn't give a shit if Pedro touches the ball seven or eight times in the game. But he needs to touch the ball in the right areas, not back 25 yards from our goal in a congested area where they're happy enough to, to sit in against us. Uh, and it's just... Yeah, it's it, it is frustrating, but I think I think that we we done most things right in the second half. Just not getting enough men into the box and then players doing things where they don't need to do it. David, before you come in, I'll probably ask yourself this. Like I saw actually I think Daniel Lang had had tweeted it during the weekend that no goal has been scored in the month of August. Like that's that's extremely worrying. Yeah, it's it just it's just for a for a team that, that concede quite a lot and have had the the nature of the errors of our goals that we've been in all season, you have to be able to to put the ball in the back of the net somewhere. Look, I know you can make again excuses all you want. We've lost our top scorer twice this season. But an element of our play, I think in one aspect, as Jerry said, as I've said, as Donald has backed up as well, we don't get enough people in the box. We don't work their go- goalkeeper half enough. Um, in any game, not just the one on Saturday night against Shells, but it's just taking a risk and, and like that. As Jerry said, there, yeah, it was Connor Walsh's fault, but why not have any of our lads take a pop from thirty yards? What's to say yeah. Connor Kearns isn't going to drop one, or it's going to take a deflection, as I said earlier, or it's going to hit a post to come back out, and someone gambles and, and gets on a rebound, or get you could get you know, touch and someone takes them down, whatever whatever the scenario might be, but you have to be able to, to especially at this stage in the season and the way things are going and the position that we're in, take a fucking risk. You know, not, you're not saying nine out of ten shots have to be peppered in from 30 yards, but take a risk and have a go. Um, and, 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 take responsibility, think, and take responsibility as well. Like, you know, Hutchison, I thought he had a fantastic game. Like, he was all over the place. Like, he was trying to carry the ball up the pitch and get us going and things like that. He was doing things probably out of maybe his normal game or the normal uh, things that you would think of a fullback. He was trying to be positive on the front foot, carrying the ball, taking men on, taking responsibility. And there's not enough people, in my opinion, doing that. Yeah, we're playing... Like, I don't think we were that bad on... Saturday night, but we didn't like play like a team until probably into the second half that realised that we're a team in a relegation battle. I think it took about an hour into the game of the what the twenty something game of the season to realise that we're in the shit. You know, uh, whereas the likes of Hutchinson started off the game on the front foot, carrying the ball, trying to do the right thing, probably trying to achieve above and beyond what would be expected. But everybody needs to achieve above and beyond what is expected of them now because we are in the shit we are in a relegation battle you're right Donald we need to win our battles we need to win the second balls I think we did see that more so in the second half than what we had probably in numerous amount of games before that I, I still but, feel Jerry I still feel that, that Shelburne had the better chance although we had probably maybe more of the ball and we played better in the second half I still feel Shelburne still had the better chances in the second half like any chances that we did create like there were speculative shots from outside the box, really. That's that. That's really all. And just and like like David is saying, like I can't really remember Shells having any chances in the second. Half. Uh, I, I thought Conor Walsh made. Oh, it's still a penalty kick, Jerry. 
Yeah, no, apart from that, like, yeah, I don't. I think that they they did have better chances probably than us in the first half. We had some decent ones as well, particularly in the first few minutes, and then we kind of regressed into what we normally do. And then it took us till the second half, change formation, change of personnel, and we upped the tempo again. Uh, we tried to get in behind them, but it just keeps breaking down if your centre forward isn't playing as a centre forward and keeps dropping deep. And then you have no platform. Like, we, you know, he's a big guy. He should be up there holding the ball up, you know, on their last man or taking it down and laying it off and getting fellas to get in behind or whatever. It's just, we, we don't offer enough of a goal threat. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Again, a lot of them were speculative shots. I don't think we created enough clear-cut chances ourselves in the second half, but I don't think they did either. No, there wasn't. It was it was more it was played in the in the middle third, wasn't it? Really. Yeah. Um. Or as you say, look, the, the right decision was made. Probably should have been done from the start. But look, hearsay is a great thing in that regard. In terms of going three five two or three four three or whatever way it ended up being, um, we did have more of the ball, but again, without creating a huge amount. You know, we did step it up. Um, as as the game went on, then as you see, a team that are ahead like that, and then trying to push in and and grasp on the, the coattails of the European places, they're going to sit in with a 1-0 lead, so they're naturally going to concede a bit of possession, as he said, a bit deeper. But again, I suppose, yeah, the, 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 the consistent team here is that we're not getting enough in the box, as you said, partially because our, our target man has has dropped too deep, nobody arriving at the back stick. Yeah, it's there's so many frustrate, frustrating pieces to it. Um, but I think, again, again it's, it's the same thing we've, we've seen all season. When it's played in that middle third, Shelburne were very quick or, or much better than, than we were in terms of a shifting from a defensive to an offensive transition. They just seem to be able to get out, you know, spread the play, go from right to left a lot quicker and then progress forward. Whereas we're doing our usual fannying about with it between centre halves and then it ends up going out for throw or a goal kick. There was a lot of that in the first half, more so than the second half, but it's, it just seems to be those kind of, those few bits that I suppose from, from my viewpoint were, were the most frustrating thing, you know? Yeah, like the formation, like we still, with the very different types of formation, we still only ended up, no matter what way we played, with one up front. And that one up front wasn't playing up yeah. front half the time. Like I would have liked to see, you know, I know we've got three in behind Pedro, but Pedro was deeper than the three that were supposed to be in behind him a lot of the time. Like I would have preferred if we just yeah. went for a basic three five two and go at them. Yeah, play higher, play the more centrally. Play higher, start swinging balls into the box yeah yeah. So, is there anything else we need to improve on is there anything else we need to improve on do you feel the lad that puts on the attack there over here a while everything I just it's just it's just the mentality men- mentality uh, that's the most important thing like I have no doubt I, I've never questioned the, the ability of, of that that squad of players like I think they're they're fantastically ta- talented bunch of lads but it's mentality is is this is what what's it's going to boil down to between now and the end of the season. It's about mentality, and they need to show leadership. They need to show that they have the stones to to be a step step up for Sligo Rovers, step up for the battle, and and you know finish the season strong. Like I make excuses about referees, I make excuses about umpteen different things but at, at some stage like you just you, those you run out of the road with those excuses and like fellas has to stand up for themselves and say you know what there's going to be no excuses after tonight we're just going to go out and we're going to give it everything and and like that's I think you just need to see more of that being honest I, I don't know I suppose they're playing with a bit of a fear factor but at some stage you're just going to have to say you know what just fucking go out and play. Go out and fucking give it everything. And and, and I full of confidence if they do that, that they will be all right in, um, come the end of the season. But they have to they have to do it. They, as I said earlier on, they, they just have to be intense. They have to be in people's faces. They have to make it as comfortable as they possibly can for the, any team that they're playing between now and the end of the season. They have to tackle. They have to run hard. They have to win second balls. And they have to be brave. Get beyond the, the player. Create space. And and get bodies in the box. They've to do an awful lot of stuff, a serious amount of stuff. Uh, There's two great tackles put in in the game, um, but it wasn't until the hour mark. I think Gary Buckley. There were like two in like uh, about two minutes. Gary Buckley uh, put a great tackle in around the hour mark, and then Bulger just before he went off put another great tackle in. 
But like that, I just think we need, you know, like we need to move the ball quicker. We need to press up the pitch a little bit more. Yeah. We need to win our battles, like, you know. Just... Like that, high, that, that high press that we have, when we start the season, like we look like such yeah. a good side. I remember Connor saying at the start of the season, that it's the first time he ever seen a rover side going out and they look so fit, they look so athletic and they look so strong. And that team that, that was like pressing high up the pitch and was playing with this great intensity, I know where they've gone. You know, because at the start of the season, they look fucking, they, they, they look like they could have been certainly contending for a European spot. Mm. Look at them now, like, do you know what I mean? We're, we're here, we're fucking seeing Dex the Rosary that, that we go down and get a point against Cork. Yeah. And that in the final quarter of the season, like, and that's the reality of it, like, you know, like that's, they're better than that, like, you know. It, yeah, it, I think that's. No, go on ahead. Don't let you finish. No, no, it's just, it's just, I just, I, 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 I don't know. I just can't understand. You know, like as I say, it's just, it's just, it's down to individuals now with uh, that need to show a character. That's the big thing between now and the end of the season is character, and that, that every one of them needs to look in the mirror and say, "Not in my shift." Do you know what I mean? I, I'm going to give everything in that pitch tonight, and and that's it. Once they do that, we'll be alright, but. Uh, they need to do you know what I mean they need to do the talking on the pitch now that's it yeah that's, as you said mentality is your key word there and I think as you said as well from the team they looked like like world beaters they play fantastic football they're working they're pressing everything was going quite well you know everything was working we we're very fluid we we're moving quicker everything that we want to see we were seeing at the start of the season and as a result of falling away and, and injuries coincided and everything else then your confidence is down and that does obviously affect. So it should it shouldn't affect that overall mentality. But when the confidence goes down, those type of things do start getting chipped away at as well. So yeah, it's it's just trying to get back to that. Um, but who knows if if we can get back anywhere near that level? Because if we do, I've I've no issues with with how the end of the season is going to go. But whether we do or not, you just don't know where the next three points is going to come from. As much as that fucking pains me to say as well, sorry, but yeah, well, I just at the minute he starts scoring goals like simple. Yeah, I, like I think like what you said there as well. Like you're wrong. Like most of the football was played in the middle part. Like we 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 did, and Donald, you said it as well. Like we, we did get shots off probably in the last third of the game, um, but we never really really. Really look like scoring, um, and I just think maybe are we t- maybe it's a risk to go three five two, but I think with Branaflack, hopefully he'll be back on on Friday, um, and Hudson, I think, then you've got Gary Buckley, like with those three players, I think it allows you to play three five two, because the lads are you know if they're fucking Hudson and Branaflack in fairness will run all day, um, they're great with a good delivery. Yeah, but again, if there's nobody in the fucking box, what's the point? Like, so I think fucking Pedro needs to stay up on their last man, get crosses into the box, let him get the ball down, and someone feeding off him, and then number ten coming in. Like we've got about fucking ten number tens, and nobody seems to be playing, playing number ten. Uh, it's just I don't know. Maybe we're overcomplicating it with fucking formations and things like that. I, I just think that we've the players to play a simple three five two. Um, I think it's the only way that we're going to score goals. To be honest with you. Like I'd, I'd love to see a heat map of Pedro's touches in the game. I'd fucking love to see it. I can't remember him barely touching the ball inside the box. Maybe he did, but I can't remember. He had plenty of touches, but not in the right areas. Not where he's going to hurt yeah. them. It's fucking basic football. Yeah. You don't have men in the box. We're not going to fucking score goals. Maybe I'm missing something. I'm not a fucking football expert. Far from it. And I don't articulate it well enough. But even I know, if you don't have men in the box, you're not going to score fucking goals. That's where the goals are scored from. I'd love to see heat map. And David, how can we, you know, we've seen, you know, throughout the season, different types of goals we've scored, but certainly, like, how, how can we create these chances that hopefully we can, well, hopefully convert when it comes to the remainder games of the season? Yeah, look, it's <laughs> John wants to play a possession-based style of football, which is great. Looks nice. It's attractive on the eye when it comes off. But if it's not going your way, which it very much didn't on Saturday night against Shelburne, there has to be other ways to do it. And from what I can see, 
and I'm only picking Nando as as the the, the ball playing centre half in this instance where he's tried to go straight <clears throat> a couple of times and go over the centre half. So it's going way up over his head on a slippy night. It's running through to Connor Cairns. He's laughing, going, Jesus, fucking great night for me. Happy days. I got plenty of touches. We're laughing here. There's no threat. Okay, you can shank one or two. That's fair enough. You, you just miss it one or two. But there's other ways of doing it. You don't have to go lumping the ball into the sky and having it skim out and bounce over the bar or bounce straight into Cairns. You can look to go down the side of the fullback. You can look to have a diagonal runner or a third man runner coming from midfield that's going to, obviously, if, as Jerry has been avidly pointing out, shall we say, throughout the podcast, to keep your centre forward where he is. If he's not making that run, your 10 has to come in and fill in where Pedro should be. If Pedro's staying central and you're looking at getting somebody in, in that ball into the channel between your fullback and your centre half, then your 10 has to go there or your fullback can push on and your winger can come into that space. For me, that's just... That's just football. You know, that's how it should be. You're, you're picking up spaces. You're creating overloads. But the ball just kept going over the top every single time. And we made it very, very easy for shells. We said it on every other podcast, I think, before. And we've said it already this, this evening. We're too slow to play the ball forward in transition, but also in possession. So, again, if the ball's coming out to Nando, who looks for a very, very obvious diagonal ball where it's going all the way across, eight out of ten times, it's going to hit in and around you're looking at maybe the edge of their box to, to the edge of the centre circle. But it's it's being played at too much of, it's not even a diagonal, it's more of a horizontal. So everybody's able to shift across the pitch too much. And he's taking this big swing at it where it's very, very obvious of what he's going to do. Again, whoever's on the right wing, so Hartman, for example, on Saturday night, hasn't come inside to create a space for either someone in midfield, your 10, if it's your centre forward who does go slightly out of position, or your, your right wing back, because we should have the extra body in midfield to go down that channel, give them something else to think about, try and cause a bit of confusion. But it was just too, it was very, it's it's, it's a bit more direct, but the way we done it on Saturday nights seemed to just be very route one. Not big Sam style where you just lump it down their centre half, see what happens. But there's other ways of doing it and other ways to try and play. And like that, if, if it's a case of trying or looking to, to play a big diagonal, Slip one into midfield. If they know it's coming and someone's going to come out, slip it in. Somebody should be cute enough, like a Burton when he came on, who had a positive influence as he could have had, or Greg, who can play ball, or Niall, because Niall seemed to be somebody who was also trying to drive us up the pitch as well. Just have the cuteness to drop in, just slightly, into that little pocket and take the ball when one of their men goes to press, and then you can try and play. You know, but it's, it, it's just something different. It's just something that... But again, like Jerry said, I'm not no football genius and far from it as well. But it's just something that I, I could see was bringing in. We've got the players to do it, but we just don't seem to do it um, often enough. And we're very, very obvious and very, very easy to play against. That's that's just something I, I, I would also look at, at just trying to add to the, to the last segment as well. Because, you know, the passes are there. We've got intelligent runners. We've got players who can go inside and outside. Good good fullbacks, good wingbacks. It's just, just not happening. I may be wrong on that. People can call me out all they want. No doubt there'll be slack coming in from left, right and centre when it does go when the, the, the pod does come out. But it's just something that I, I see we could do, but we don't do. Now it's time for your shouts from the shared end. We ask you to send them in after Saturday night's game at home to Shells on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767. And we can hear those now. This is Sean from America. Uh, well, at least we don't have to play them again. Uh, that was awful. I mean, first half was horrendous. Um, maybe like the first seven to 10 minutes, we huffed and we puffed and we put some good pressure on, but we didn't really create anything or work their keeper and I mean, shells, they just like to sit back and, and hit you. And that's what they did. They just sat back and waited till we we blew ourselves out. And uh, and then they just played through us like prime Barcelona. I mean, how many times did they get one or two passes and then they were in on goal? So, you know, we keep hearing from the manager that we're not playing the way we want to play or we aren't playing the way we want to play but 
when we're playing actual, when we're actually playing football, we look our best. It's the play one or two passes in the back and then lump it forward. We just give it straight back to them and then we put ourselves under pressure. Um, it's just the, the, the four, two, three, one ain't working for us. It hadn't been working for a long time. Um, so, you know, when he made the change at halftime, that was good. Came a little late for me, but at least they made the change. And we looked a bit more solid in the, in the second half. Yeah, they had a, uh, a little bit of time there after about the first 10 minutes. But all in all, we controlled the second half pretty well. Uh, got a few chances. Robbie Burton looked uh, a little bit rusty, but not overly rusty. And uh, he added a lot of composure to the game in the second half. And uh, we created a couple of chances, but not, I, we didn't work them more, you know, enough. You know. Their goal clique will made a couple of decent saves. Um, but again, three games in a row now we haven't scored three or four something like that so it's just not good enough you know um, next two games are massive uh, we have to win both have to absolutely have to um, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen if we don't it'll just be it, it'd be a, a rough season so back to boys I thought Connor and goal was good yeah he messed up for the goal sure every goalkeeper does it it happens to every single goalkeeper don't blame them you know um, these things happen but we are not creating enough and we're relying on our goalkeeper to bail us out maybe we could do that if we we're scoring a bunch of goals but we're not so Hopefully we won't go back to the four-two-three-one, and we'll we'll change to something else. Three at the back seem to suit us, right down to the ground. Um, but I guess we'll find out. I'm not holding my breath. But back the boys, see what they can do in Cork, and uh, hopefully we we'll get big, big win, and uh, keep us ahead of Cork. So up the Rovers. That's your shouts from the shed end. Don't forget you can get them in after Friday night's game away to Cork on a WhatsApp voice note to 085-815-9767 or on email to podcast at borst.ie. Right, lads, next part of this week's show. Um, as much as the men's team put our spurts down on Saturday, the women's team have lifted them up. On Sunday, they bet Bonnick United 11-0 in the FAI Cup. So, uh, David, uh, as Jerry mentioned last week, he's uh, dreaming of, of Tata Stadium in November. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like an old day out, one way or the other, we'll all be together. Um, but look, yeah, it's, it's a great result. And I'm delighted for, for the team and for, for Steve and his, his background team as well. Um, I didn't get a chance to actually get into the game, but... You know, when I was keeping an eye on it through the phone, I was the one thing that, that stood out to me was, I suppose, obviously the frequency of the goals, but the fact that there was only three goal scorers, which was great. Five for, for MF uh, Darty, five for Casey Howe, and one for Amy Hyman. So, yeah, look, brilliant because look, results um, are matching performances um, in the league. You know, they're, they're playing a lot better than a lot of their, their results have actually shown. And the cup can always be a banana skin. So, um yeah, look, there was there was no fault in preparation. Steve Steve had them right at it from the warm up, and a resounding win. Uh, and it's it's not a flattering scoreline by any means from what I've heard for those who attended the game. So yeah, congratulations. Looking forward to the draw tomorrow. I think you said Ronan. So hopefully that'll be a good home home draw as well. And uh, yeah, we can we can kick on with the women's team in the in the cup as well. And Jerry, it offers I suppose confidence as well to for I suppose well to her. The next round of the cup, but also for the remaining league campaign as well. Yeah, absolutely. Shane, goals give confidence. Um, 
And as uh, Dave was saying, five for for Emma and five for Casey. Um, I think I think we we're tuning up after about five minutes. Um, but the one thing was that you know I was at the game myself, and there was such a gulf uh, between the two two teams. Like um, it was kind of similar enough to you know sometimes guys around the town oh that junior fella's deadly you know you should be playing in the League of Ireland but you really could see the difference between junior football and senior football on Sunday uh, the gulf was was huge um, and I think you know all the training and whatnot has really paid off like the, the way that they were able to knock the ball around you know and I don't like to say that at ease uh, they were playing these little triangles getting out of situations and it was just it was a huge gulf. Um and yeah, so it can only do it can only do good. It'd feel bad for Bonaghi, but I suppose look we've been there maybe not at eleven nil, but we've had a lot a lot of rough uh defeats this year, you know. Um so it was nice to be on on the the winning end of one. Um and hopefully it'll give us confidence and say goals give confidence as well. And yeah, that's Let's hope for another nice draw in the second round, and who knows? And Donald, it's you know we kind of mentioned off air that, um, you know going into the game now on Saturday at home to Wexford, that game is is live on TG Car for those who can't make it. But it's uh, we mentioned confidence with goals, but certainly you know I suppose the the mood within the camp is going to be is going to be sky high as well for the players that also played in the game that might not get on the score sheet as well. Uh, yeah, well, look, it's, it, it, uh, I'm sure I'm sure they're buzzing after such a, a great performance and a great win. And as Dave was saying earlier on, like the results have matched the performances. They've been very lucky in a number of occasions this season. And as Jerry said, they're like they've been on the wrong end of a couple of, I suppose, nasty defeats, if you like. Um, so like that's I'm, I'm sure that, like that result or that performance has has been coming, and it's it's great. That they're able to kind of stamp their authority and show their class on the on the on the day, yeah. So again, like I'm sure they're they're all flying in um, in camp, and I'm sure they'll put on another big performance on TG Car on Saturday. Um, again, they're probably a team that is, you know, maybe not going to underperform, but they're just they're, they're better than what they're they're showing um, on the league table at the moment, and. Uh, Hopefully this will give them the confidence to to kick on for the rest of the season and and finish strong because um, there's a lot of talent in that side too. Saint no more than the guys and um, the women have uh, some very good players there too. So good luck to them. It was a bit mad too. Like do you know how to play that? Uh, you know that one step beyond every time there's a goal. Like you know, oh yeah, one yeah. step beyond. Do, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was nearly going to pull the fucking plug after <laughs> It's like, you know, in The Simpsons when they, they're kicking your man on the ground, they're like, stop, stop, he's dead already. And it's like, do, 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 do. It's like, it must be like torture for fucking Bonnie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> poor old Krusty Burger, isn't it? Yeah. So. I think as much as confidence, it, It'll do a huge amount. I know it's slightly different or, or slightly along the same lines, but in terms of belief, as you said there, Jerry, it's it's junior stepping up to, to play a senior team in the national league, you know. It gives the girls belief and a yeah. little bit of reassurance that they are good enough to play at this level, that this is the level that they should be playing at. Yeah, that's really good. You know, there's a good variation of age, but it's still a very, very young squad that Steve has. So just yeah, just keep believing in yourselves, keep going, and keep following instructions because you know, the, the results will come. You know, it's believing and that, that this is the level that you should be playing at. And, you know, you you, you just have to go and earn it, which you've, you've more than shown all season long. So, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. I'd encourage anybody as well uh, to head, head along on Saturday night. I think the kickoff is 7.35. It's uh, live on TG Cahar, but it'd be nice to have a crowd there to get behind them. Um, crowd was pretty low on, on Sunday. So, I'd say it was probably maybe... 150 so I think we can do better than that in fairness uh, and it was really like they do play really really good football it is really entertaining and mm-hmm. uh, Wexford obviously are uh, you know they're a seasoned uh, outfit at this level so they'll 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 obviously 
and we know they're obviously decent. So I think it'll be a good game of football on Saturday night. And just obviously with our with the senior team been away, uh, men's senior team been away on Cork on Friday. Uh, look, it might it might be an opportunity for people to come along on Saturday night and get behind the the guys. And David, one player that she came on the last day against that loan, but certainly making her full debut was at fifteen, Kiva Flynn. And like it's another another player coming through the ranks that's that's stepping up to the plate once again. Yeah, it's great to see a fifteen making a senior debut for in the national league. Um, I'm sure she's only dreaming about it come the start of the year when she's playing what probably it's under seventeens, probably under nineteens. So yeah, look, congratulations to her. Great day for her and the family. Uh, gave a good account of of ourselves by by all means from what I've heard as well. So look, it's it's great to see um, women's football in the northwest. It's going to be tricky, would it not be, in full time to to get people down, to get girls down to play, to get women down to play. So you know to have the academy set up the way it is, um, because it's been churning out you know first team players for the men's team for years, but to to be able to do that and and show that the the not just the the technical ability but the the mentality to to have the the right thing going on in your head and and shows you how the alignment is there from the under fifteens under seventeens under nineteens right up into that senior women's team you know the alignment is there and how they want to play how they should be behaving how they're looking after themselves physically. Um, and obviously the technical ability then to go with that. So yeah, brilliant for Kiva, and there's I'm sure there's many more coming through, um, and will do for the next couple of years because you look at four or five years time, Kiva's going to be what nineteen twenty, Alice Lilly's going to be what twenty twenty one, you know twenty two. The future's very very bright, and it's as I know we're kind of chirping on old things here, but as tough as the season's been, it's going to be massive, um, learning curve for them moving forward in their very young careers as well. Um, I was talking to just just I was, I was nearly going to forget about it there, but I was talking to Gary Moran at the game on Sunday, and we were just chatting about kind of chatting about say club about the finances of the club or whatever the case would be. Not that either of us are privy to that, but it was just you know about turnover and. But the big thing that we were talking about really was that there's a complete lack of uh, support from the government or the FEI. Like, you know, I don't, like, clubs are struggling, particularly ourselves, right? You know, we're a fan-owned club, right? It's a big struggle to get a men's senior team out on the pitch, right, to be any way competitive. But, and I, I know we would probably would have talked about this in the past, but the FEI have, you know, right, you have to have an academy. You have to have boys teams at X, Y and Z age levels. You have to have a women's senior team and you need to be working towards that. And you need to have uh, girls teams at X, Y and Z underage levels. But clubs get an absolute pittance to support this. I know for buses this year, it's going to cost the club 150000 for bus transport. Like, where do the FEI and the government expect that money really, really to come from, particularly for fan-owned clubs. It, like, it's absolutely crazy. Like, and David, you're right there, you're, say, you're talking about um, the the girls there being 15 and, you know, in four years' time, they'll be 19, 20 or whatever, and these guys are supposed to be the the guys that are coming through for the women's senior team. Uh, but... We really need to get real about football in this country. Like, we need support. It the 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 FBI and the government must think that these things happen, uh, that these players grow on trees, or that they don't need any money to be supported or given the most basic facilities. Like, it's an absolute thundering disgrace to be honest, lads. There's no support there. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. You look at the success of the Women's World Cup in terms of viewing. In terms of people who've traveled from all over the world to a fairly remote part, well, not a remote part of the world, but somewhere that takes a very, very long time to get to, and it's quite costly to get to. Massive success, massive numbers in terms of where the, the game has gone. Watched a good lot of it myself, <clears throat> thoroughly enjoyed it. But it's it's everywhere. 
obviously bigger federations have more money to go around but we're yeah we're completely screwing over the women's national league you look at the funding that was turned down i just i remember seeing something about it so i went and done a quick google search this isn't just in my anorak of knowledge here but um yeah the fai chiefs have turned have yeah women's national league clubs have been left stunned by being informed that fai chiefs have a 550,000 euro funding application to sport earning which has been rejected which is roughly working out at about 50 grand a club that's huge just into the women's team in terms of operating costs in all sorts of different areas. It's the same in every nation in terms of pay gaps and everything else you want to go along that side of things. But a basic 50K per club to a National League team here in Ireland would be... It's almost stratospheric when you think of it. I, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating when you put it. 50 grand into Sligo Rovers women's team, which could filter down into the academy or whatever else you want to do. And only they, they'd know how to actually, you know, go and use the funds. Yeah, it's nothing short of, Jerry, you're right, a fucking disgrace. And the only thing I'd, I'd actually add to that is it's not at all, it's shameful, but it's not at all surprising. That's that's just, that's how, how fucking pitiful it is. Like, it really is. Like, you know, we, we have, you know, um, say Rovers, like on a Tuesday night, the boys under 14s might have have half, I'm not sure on the age groups or whatever, but the boys under 14s might have half an AstroTurf to pitch to train on. On the other half, then you'll have the girls under 16s. This, yeah. like, we don't have the facilities. We don't like to, you're loading all these teams on top of clubs, right? But you're not providing them with any support or any uh, facilities. So you've got kids that are traveling, say, an hour, an hour and a half to go to training, to train on half an AstroTurf pitch. And we expect to turn out top class international players at some point. It doesn't happen like that. And we're we're a fucking we're a League of Ireland club. We're the, the pinnacle of football in this country. So if that's the pinnacle, yeah. is it any wonder why we don't achieve what we are capable of? You know, it's just it's mind boggling, mind boggling. But again, you probably agree. Not at all surprising. The way no. things have went with the FBI, it's a fucking no. disgrace. No. And the government as well. You know, we, we keep saying about the FBI, and I know I yeah. know that the difficulties that the FBI have had over numerous years with the likes of Delaney leading the, the case, leading the, yeah. the, the association. But if we were really, really serious about football or sport, he would have been, that would have been tackled long, long back. Nobody ever really, you know, had enough interest to say, right, what the fuck's going on here? Where's all this money going? Why why, why do we not want to give money to the biggest participation? Why do the government not want to give money to the biggest participating sport in the country? For years and years, you know, oh, well, it's not been run right. But surely someone should have stepped in at some point and, you know, nipped this in the bud a lot, lot quicker. But, uh, you know, and, and even people say, like, you know, the showgrounds, oh, it's a great ground and all, and oh, it's one of the best in the league. But if the showgrounds is one of the best stadiums in the league, that's, that's, there's, that's not right. It's not. Coming off on a complete tangent, but it's just, you know, well, sometimes these things kind of open your eyes and you kind of start thinking about stuff. And it's just, we nearly, Accept, accept your loss, or well, that's the way it is. But it's it's not right. Like, no, it's not right. It's a sad. It, the right in saying that it is one of the better grounds in the league, but it's a sad state that, that the top level of football has been left in this country. Do you know, and we do have to, as you said, you're right. We just have to kind of get on with it. We we do, but you know, that's that is a sad state that it's that it's been left in. Donald? Yeah, I know it just just isn't it here and uh, I just agree with, with everything that you're saying, Jerry, especially. Uh, you have the nail on the head as per usual. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to send that a few minutes ago off air? No, we well, as, I, as I always say, Jerry, a stop, a stop clock is right twice a day, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> uh, I know. 
The uh, no, look, it, it is you're hundred percent right, but I suppose I think a lot of the times when people kind of forget about as well in terms of 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 funding, like for for a country of our, the size of Ireland, I think we've probably a similar population to Croatia, right? But then we have you have rugby, you have Gaelic, you have um, hurling or camogie or whatever, and then soccer, and you know, like you need, I suppose, you need a strong body that's that's, I suppose, that's respected. And that can command government attention. Certainly, I don't think the FEI, the, the FEI is there um, at the moment anyway. But uh, like like what you said, Jerry, like it's a, it's amazing to see all those kids. And like you know, like it's a it's a community service as well. Getting young people, I suppose, out playing sports instead of sitting in front of a fucking computer or an Xbox yeah. or something like that. It's it's, it's so such a great thing. You know, uh, it's it's such a great thing for for young people, and like it should be funded. It should be funded. Pro- and you know, it's it's not even like like the people that are that are doing that are coaching these teams. A lot of these people are volunteers, and they're giving up their own time. There's families there that are trying to, I suppose, uh, encourage their kids. Like what you said, Jerry. There's young people there. They're traveling from EO. They're traveling from all over from from Donegal. Like Emma Doherty when the last season uh, when she was playing for Rovers, the the distance that she was traveling to go to games is absolutely bananas, bananas, you know. And that's the commitment that these players have that are playing in the league or that are playing in these teams. Like they should be given more respect, uh, in in terms of support, financial support than than what they're getting. And the clubs should be given more respect and more support financially, um, because they deserve it and they're working hard for it. And they should be screaming about it more as well because. You know, it, it like I I don't want to be talking about politics on 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 Stiger Rovers podcast, but like we are in the northwest especially. Like I know that certainly the, the League of Ireland is could be or the the, the I suppose the poor child of of Irish sports, but certainly in the northwest we are the poor the poor child. We are the, the forgotten people of of the Republic of Ireland, and we need to start screaming about ourselves because. Uh, if we don't have proper representation, if we don't have people that are going to show for us, we're never going to get anything. And that that goes from the, the, our football team to our our politicians in terms of infrastructure and bringing employment and all that kind of stuff into the into, into the region as well. It's like we have to make noise. And um, again, obviously, off off tangent again, but certainly the FEI they need to be doing more, and the government needs to be doing more to support grassroots and and underage soccer. In this country, because they're working hard and they're providing a great community service, and they deserve better. And Jerry, annual draw tickets still on sale? Yeah, so right up until the UCD game on the 16th of September. So I think their club said there the other day there was 47,000 worth of sales so far. And so it's going really well. And lots and lots of books out there. So if you're in a position to sell a book, give us a shout or buy a ticket or whatever the case may be. Um as Tesco say every every little helps and uh, yeah so look it's great it's a great initiative too. You see lots of clubs actually starting to do it. I think Van Harps are start are doing it. Limerick are doing it. Um some other clubs I've seen are doing it as well. So it's look it's a great way to for the general public to to maybe just offer some support to the clubs. So even if they mightn't go to games or things like that. I think everybody like the guys were saying, you know, from the going around the doors, doing, uh, you're out nearly every other evening. Like, you know, anybody that answers the door, like 80 to 90% of the people are buying a ticket and they want to talk about rovers. And, you know, there's still, there's always been so much kind of love and, and affection out there for rovers. So, yeah. Uh, let's keep it going until the 16th. And Donald, we saw this week, uh, I suppose James Finnerty has departed the club. Robbie Burton is back, so uh, one in, one out. Yeah, well, look at the best of James Finnerty. Obviously, things didn't uh, work out for him while he was here, uh, which was very unfortunate. But anyway, um, these things happen. Uh, yeah, great to get Robbie Burton back. Um, I think it's probably the exact kind of player that we we have been lacking, and you could see in the the cameo that he had on Saturday night that he did make a difference in the, in the couple of minutes that he was on the pitch. Um. So Lucas, let's hope he's he's up to speed fairly fairly quick. I know he's had a difficult time himself there. I think he, he didn't. I just saw on I think it was Instagram or something like that that he was uh, he was quite sick there for a while with meningitis or something. So it's great to see that he's back. 
and fit enough to play football again. And we're expecting big things from Robbie for the duration of the season. So let's hope he brought his uh, A game with him. Fair play, Robbie. Just on James as well, um, like, uh, you know, I've seen a few people saying, oh, poor signing and things like that. I don't think it was a poor signing, in fairness to James. Like, he's an absolute model pro. Um, and he just really, really bad luck that he done his Achilles in the first game he played for us. And, you know, just couldn't get over that. But, like, James would train in the morning, noon and night to get back. Um, and he's a model pro. He's a gentleman. And just want to wish him the, the best of luck going forward because... He really is a genuine guy and he's he's a really, really good footballer. It was just just fucking terrible, terrible luck. And um, so the best of luck to him. Right, lads, final part of this week's show, long trip ahead on Friday evening with Cork at Turner's Cross. Donald uh must win game. Well, must not lose game running, I suppose. Um definitely. Uh, I watched a good bit of the Cork draw game on Friday night. Uh, I think Cork can feel aggrieved that they we certainly didn't get something from that game. They probably did deserve something. Did a man Hershey sent off um, in the second half? But even at that, I think the game was one one, and uh, I, I, um, uh, Keating hit the post to to to, to, uh, to put them in the lead again when they're, when they're down to him and and like. Even even with ten men, they they created plenty of chances. Unlike us, they looked really dangerous when the break. The left back, I was really impressed with as well. Of, of theirs, they they looked like a decent side, and um, like we were in for a fucking battle. Because go down to Turner's Cross, I guarantee you, the natives down in Cork are going to be a lot more vociferous than than what what the reception Shelburne got in in the showgrounds on on. Saturday night, you know, um, it's going to be it's going to be a serious battle, and uh, we just really need to be up for it. Um, they're they're a dangerous side. Keating's in form. Um, in fairness, it's good good to see him back playing football. Um, um, after what he's gone through the last while, but it's make no make no bones about it. This is this is going to be a massive massive test, huge test. Um. And I just hope that we have the, the character to, to get through it because this is make or break. As my office says, piss it off the part time now, you know. We need to uh, we need to go out there, don't, uh, David. And as yeah, don't mention piss, piss or get off the pot. It's the it's the key time. It's squeaky one time. It's all that. It's it's now or never. Yeah, go cliche one more. Sure, we might as well. It's a, it's a six pointer. It's a relegation six pointer. There's no two ways about it. Uh, slightly disagree with Donald in that I think we need to win this. Uh, I don't think well, a point may well be enough come the end of the season, but I think we need to win this and give us that separation because they've been unlucky with a few results. Uh, but we we really need to win this game. Um, who cares? Nobody cares about a performance. Just get out of there with three points. That's that's the be all and end all of it. If you scrape it off off the ground, hits the back of someone's arse and flies into the net. If they're if we shoot from thirty yards and their keeper drops it. Won't get into that debate again, but if they drop it between his legs and it goes and rolls in over the line, I'll take that all day long as long as we're coming back up the road with three points. But yeah, make no make make no uh make no bones about it. It's gonna be a battle. You're gonna to have to win your first and second ball. You're gonna to have to operate as a unit. I think we'll play maybe not a little bit more free, but the shackles may be slightly off because we are away from home. But the transition needs to be quicker. Every everything needs to be spot on because, as Donald said, Turner's Cross is going to be packed. The Cork natives are going to be going absolutely ballistic to get behind their team, and we need to be at it in all areas. Transition both sides of the ball. We need to be disciplined. We need to be vocal. We need to get stuck in, and um, we need to get bodies in the fucking box like we said earlier, and then try and get something on the end of it. Absolutely. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to pull that off on on Friday night. And Jerry. Um. I think there's a lot of discontent and a lot of uh, unhappiness down in Cork at the moment. So I think if we get into them early doors and if we could get our noses in front, I think the crowd will turn on them um, and it'll probably help us. Um, 
Yeah, it is a battle. It is a six pointer. I dread to to think if we did lose. So I kind of agree with Don and that it really look. Of course, I love us to win. Uh, I think we're more than capable of winning. I think we've got better players, but it's going to be a battle and we need to be prepared for that. Like what uh, McGee was saying there, you need to win your first and seconds. Win your individual battles. You know, get men into the box uh, and hopefully we take our chances and do do our work in the right areas. You know, not fucking getting dragged all over the place and doing things that we don't need to be doing. Everybody do their job uh, and let's see where where that takes us. I I I I I wouldn't be overly fair for the Cork to be honest. I watched the the draw that Cork came on on Friday night as well, and I think they were they were decent in the first half. Keating definitely is a threat on the break. Like in fairness, Cork went down to ten men against Drada. I thought they were pretty poor second half, but at the same time, as Donald mentioned there, like Keating. Hit the post in a in a breakaway, so he is dangerous. Um, uh, so you need to be be mindful of that. But yeah, look, it's uh, shit or get off the pot, isn't it? And if we go for predictions, Donald. Oh, I don't know, Ronan. Two two. David. Oh. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, I'm gonna go. I I'll take a point, but I'm gonna. Try and stay positive and take a 2-1 away win. 2-1 Rovers. Jerry? Yeah, I think we do the right things. Um, we battle like the fuck and do the right things in the right areas and you know be positive. I think we win 2-1. And I've done an awful lot of cursing tonight. I'm sorry to everybody. Just frustrated. Four people start contacting the club like they've done before. What about you, Ronan? Uh, I agree with Jerry and yourself, David. Yeah, um, I think it's good. Yeah, it's going to be nervy, of course, obviously, but um, more more than uh, well, we haven't seen it in a while, obviously, but certainly more than capable of of getting a win. Um, uh, um, but certainly, I think yeah, more than capable of getting a two-one win, and hopefully, by the time we record next week, we'll be. Happy and it'll all be whatever rainbows and and sunshine. Just the, the mindset. The, the mindset has to be right. The mindset has to be right, and it can't be no like there can be nothing left. Everything has to be left in the pitch on after after that game turns across. Everything has to be left in the pitch. There can be nothing left to chance. Every man like just give everything. That's and and that's all anyone can ask of them is is to leave absolutely everything on the pitch. Um, but the mentality has to be right, and you can't look. The, the, don't be out fought, and and don't be out battled. Don't do you know what I mean your will has to be stronger than theirs, and that's that. That's it's going to come down to a battle of wills, and um, like just our mentality has to be right going into that match because it's a massive, massive game. Now it's, it's so so big. So no. Donald's traveling down on the bus, please. He's going to he hide in the building. When, when they get out of turn of cross, it's going to jump out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pep talks by Donald Explode. Kelly. No, but it's like, just, like, it's, I, listen, it's, it's, it's... Ah, no, you're right. Like, yeah. It's, look, you know, I think at this, look, if you're a footballer and you're going into this game, you shouldn't even need, need a thing called no. If you don't fucking get it at this stage... Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't be playing football. Yeah. But look, I know I I I I have I confidence to be honest with you. I think for me, I just seen maybe maybe I'm deluded now altogether. But I just seen <laughs> well, yeah. Um, don't answer that question. But I just seen maybe second half change of formation, not the change of formation that I would like to see. As I said, I'd like to see three five two. Two up top, get the ball into them, you know, play off each other, people running in behind, whatever the case may be, create chances. But I seen a lot more urgency, a lot more determination. I seen players winning tackles, like probably winning 60, 
40, 60 balls against them. Do you know what I mean? And I, I just think that if we go down there with that mentality, I think we definitely will win. 100%. I think we're going to win. I know that makes no sense, but I just think we will. <laughs> makes sense in your head, Jerry. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Thank you, Donald. Thanks, lads. Cheers, David. Cheers, folks. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, lads. Let's do it. I was proud. Oh, the Rovers. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elding. 3 2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1 1. Brilliant. 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 Here comes Quigley.